Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Fielding, Cleveland. Can't believe this. It's the Colorado Rockies 5, the Cleveland Guardians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And look, I know Cleveland gets off to notorious cold starts. I know we never play great in April. But the, re- the reason there's such frustration in my voice to start the episode, besides the fact that we lost, is who, it's who we're losing to. Washington Nationals, Detroit Tigers, Colorado Rockies. These are some of the worst teams in the league. We're, we're supposed to be. In December, we thought we were one of the best. In March, when they were getting ready in spring training, we thought they were one of the best. When they started off decent against Seattle and Oakland, we thought they were one of the best. And right now, they're playing like one of the worst teams in the league. So, in fact, we're going to look at the numbers. We're going to go, after we talk about the game, we're going to go look at the team numbers and see where they compare to the rest of the league over the last seven days, over the last week. It's not going to be pretty. I'm warning you right now. All right, but let's get into the storylines of this game And this game specifically, because I know you're all probably excited for tomorrow for the possible, possible debut of either Tanner Bibby or Tanner Bybee. I'm excited to find out exactly how his name's pronounced. Again, possibility he might, Pilkington pitched in this one. He was an option to start tomorrow. Bibby seems like the logical choice. I still think they could pull the rug out from under us and do a bullpen day with, like, Gaddis getting the first few innings. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But Pilkington definitely was saying goodbye, threw his duffel bag on his shoulder, as Mandy Bell wrote, uh, and was saying goodbye after the game. So he was just here for some depth in the bullpen, which is exactly what we needed tonight because we blew this game again, and we blew it early. Uh, Battenfield, okay, top storylines in this one. Battenfield... Probably has his worst performance uh, of his three starts so far in his major league career. And the one thing I'll say about him, though, the one thing I'll say, the difference between him and Cal Quantrill in game one of this, where Quantrill gets knocked out early as well, is Banfield did continue to make outs after he gave up a big hit to Charlie Blackman, a big double. He did continue to make outs all right, a sack fly brings in another run. Uh, something else brought in. Bla- oh, he gave up a hit to bring in Blackman, but then, but then he recorded. It got out of the inning, stayed in there, and then continued to pitch for the next two and two thirds innings, and uh, you know, give a decent, a decent performance after that. So I will give Benfield some credit because you, he could have crumbled right there in the second inning and been completely done for. Right, that's what happened to Quantrill the day before. But he did at least pitch into the fifth inning um, and at least settle down a little bit. A 4 nothing game isn't great, but it should be something you could climb back into in today's game. In today's game that promotes offense. And the Guardians are having a terrible offensive April. So uh, let's get into it into a little more def- detail with Battenfield. He goes four and two-thirds, gives up six hits. Four earned runs, four walks, that doesn't help. Four strikeouts, does give up the leadoff home run to Blackman on 97 pitches. He's hard hit, 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. So they were squaring him up. So I looked back. I tried. I went back and found his last start uh, against the Tigers. Game two of that doubleheader we played against them. And I'm looking and I'm like, what's the difference here? What's the difference? Uh, looking at the balls they put in play against him in that one, it was stuff in the middle of the plate. He gave up a home run in that one to something right at the belt. In fact, he gave up only three hits in that one, but they were all kind of at the belt, middle of the plate. In this one, the hits he gives up are middle of the plate, but from north to south, from the top of the zone to the bottom of the zone, he's kind of getting hit. What's interesting in this one is both hits he gives up to Blackman are almost in the same location. First one was a cutter, an 0-1 cutter. I mean, dead center of the plate to the lefty. The next one was a four-seam fastball in the second inning on a 1-0 count. Uh, it's the second pitch of the at-bat as well. Middle of the plate, this one is out a little bit more. Uh, Blackman hits the home run at 102.3 at a 30-degree launch angle. He hits the uh, double at 104.9 on a 21-degree launch angle. So the launch angle being the difference there. Uh, But both pitches are almost in the exact same spot. For Chris Bryant, for his two hits, it's also first a... uh, The first one he hits is a cutter. The second one he hits is a four-seam fastball. Pretty much in the exact same location. Out over the plate uh, at the belt. I mean, identical locations there. So it's interesting that both of their... You know, two of the big hitters for Colorado both get hits from the exact same location. Uh, I thought that was a just a little bit of a strange coincidence there. Read into it what you want. Um, going over to the player breakdown, I think I found what the difference was. So against the Tigers, uh, remember, he pitches good against the Tigers in this one. He goes six innings, three hits, no earned runs, uh, three walks, five strikeouts. Okay, the walks are a little concerning. That's seven walks in the last two starts. Five strikeouts against the Tigers. He does give up a solo home run in that one as well. And that would be the difference in that game. That was a one nothing game on that solo home run to Riley Green. And so, yeah. So, what was different? Banfield in that game against the Tigers threw the cutter more than the fastball. In this one, he went fastball more than cutter. 47 fastballs to only 34 cutters. And they were jumping on that fastball. Average exit velocity of 97.4. Uh, they put eight of them in play. The other thing I found in the StatCast data is they weren't chasing as much. Outside the zone swinging, only 13% overall in this one against the Rockies. On the cutter, which is is, is his pitch that gets a lot of swing and miss, uh, it's only 21% of the time they were swinging outside of the zone. Meanwhile, in that Tiger start, the outside the zone swinging on that cutter was 41%. He got 10 whiffs in that game on the cutter. He only got four whiffs on the cutter in this one. So chasing outside of the zone against that cutter, a lot less in this one. But he also went with the four-seam fastball more in this game as opposed to that last start where he went with the cutter more. Was that a difference in how much swing and miss he was able to get with the pitch because he was relying so much on the fastball? Uh, Clearly, I showed you from the illustrator, he was getting hit on both pitches. Uh, giving them hits on both pitches. So, uh, again, another Guardian starter that I, I don't know why he's afraid to mix in some of the slower stuff, right? Uh, you can't survive in this game throwing hard cutters and hard fastballs that 
don't have that big of a separation in their speed. He averaged 90.5 on the four-seam fastball and 86.8. So you're talking a three to four mile per hour difference between those two pitches. That's just not enough separation. I, I, Quantrill the day before, like I complain about it all the time. So uh, can Bannonfield turn the curveball or the changeup into a pitch that he could throw a little bit more, a little bit more? Meanwhile, on the other side of things, Ryan Feltner, Cleveland kid, pitched at Ohio State, uh, coming back here to pitch in Cleveland, was fantastic, and he did mix in a lot more pitches and a lot more off-speed and change that speed up a lot. He threw the four-seam fastball 25 times, a slider 23, a changeup 20% of the time. Uh, Not huge swing and miss numbers, but a lot of called strikes. Uh, Seven whiffs on 41 swings. It's a 17% whiff rate, but he does have 19 called strikes for a 32% CSW total on the day for Ryan Feltner against us. Um, He... uh, What's incredible about his StatCast data, the four-seam fastball. He threw it the most, but by barely. I mean, basically pretty even between fast slide and change. Only one whiff on that fastball, nine called strikes. But of those eight swings, of those eight times we made contact, seven foul balls, we put only one fastball in play? Are you... Really? One fastball. That's it. One fastball was put in play. I find that mind-blowing. It's not like he was just completely missing with that pitch either. Going over to the Illustrator, there's plenty of fastballs in the zone here. Plenty of fastballs that could have been put in play. One fastball put in play by Cleveland hitters on the day. You've got to be able to hit a fastball, especially... Feltner's, it's not like it. Uh, it's coming in, it's not a 99-mile-per-hour fastball here. He averaged 93.2 miles per hour on that fastball, which is actually two miles per hour slower than his yearly average. He was down two miles per hour, and we still couldn't put that fastball in play. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what was going on here. With the Guardians, uh, with their Guardians offense. They, they are so out of sync, so out of rhythm, that they've let two Colorado Rockies pitchers come in here who, frankly, haven't been that good. I I never, I don't want to take any credit away from what they can be. But as far as the numbers go, up until this point in the season, neither of them, Gomber yesterday and Feltner, neither of them have been that good this season. And they both looked fantastic pitching against us. So, man, Colorado came to Cleveland at the absolute right time here. Uh, Battenfield, like I said, gets beat up early. Blackman was all over him. Bryant was all over him. Uh, Brent Doyle, Brenton Doyle uh, gets three hits on the day. Uh, so, making quite the impression uh, in his Major League debut series. Uh, it's two games for the kid. And, uh, man, uh, after not getting a hit in his debut yesterday, three for four on this one with a double, with an RBI, uh, with two stolen bases, a run scored. So, uh, really filling up the stat sheet, uh, checking off a lot of firsts there, uh, in this one for Brenton Doyle, the center fielder. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, man, another frustrating game. 
the offense, I don't even know what to make of this offense right now. They say, you know, Mandy Bell had a whole long article about it. You know, Francona continues to believe in them. They they feel like, yeah, they're, they're being undisciplined. They're swinging at everything. Uh, they But they do feel like they're going to come out of it. They do feel like things can change. And, you know, it hasn't helped the last two days that the starter has gotten blown up. We talked about, you know, Logan Allen and how his start and the momentum he created from his pitching performance probably helped the offense feel more comfortable. And the last two days, you haven't had that. I mean, home runs in the first inning of the first two games against the Rockies. So right away, you're playing from in a hole, trying to chase the, you know, these home runs. So... Yeah, I mean, it seems to definitely have an effect on the offense. They kind of go into a shell once once the other team jumps on our starting pitcher. I, I know this is a team that's known for being gritty. It's known, you know, last year there were so many comeback wins and things like that. I I stuck with it. I had the game on in the eighth, and the, I I had to give I had to give up in the ninth. I, I had to go put the baby to bed. Uh, so what am I gonna do? Uh, but I stuck with it through the eight innings and I just, I figured maybe, Hey, maybe five to one game, maybe they can get a rally going, but no, just nothing there. Uh, they spread out a few hits. They are able to put together, uh, they are able to put together a run in the, uh, in the sixth inning, uh, with Quan with a single, uh, again, gets that single by keeping the ball down. Uh, hitting, you know, kind of a lower line drive kind of shot, not getting the ball up in the air. He flies out in his first at-bat, uh, flies out to lead off the game, got under one, but the slider he hit for a single 14-degree uh, launch angle. So there you go. Uh, he he made two outs. One was at a 35-degree launch angle. That was the eighth inning. And the first inning was a 39-degree launch angle. So Something we've been tracking for a while here, right? When when Quan keeps the ball down, right, it, it usually works out pretty well for him. When he gets under and starts hitting fly balls, I know he can hit a home run every now and then, but uh, fly balls are definitely not his game. So he gets a hit, steals second. One of the worst, Elias Diaz makes one of the worst throws I've ever seen to second base. Just missed it by a mile. I would love to know, was it just a bad throw or did he did he kind of give up on the throw because he saw what kind of a jump Quan got and knew that there was no way he was going to get him. So his his brain gave up on the throw before his arm even finished throwing it. Something like that. Something like that happened. Did he catch a cleat at the plate or something like that? Uh, but one of the worst throws I've ever seen sails way right out into center field. So Quan goes all the way to third. And then Ahmed Rosario brings him in with a sack fly. And uh, it goes as an unearned run for Feltner because of that error by Diaz, allowing the runner to go all the way to third. So uh, Feltner ends up six innings pitch, five hits, no earned runs. The one unearned run, no walks from him, by the way, six strikeouts. That's also how I know the Guardians offense is struggling. No walks drawn on the day by the entire lineup and nine strikeouts. On the other side of things. That is an unbalanced Guardians lineup right there. All right. That's all my thoughts on this one. No MVP on the day. Just, I, I can't. I, I, nobody stood out in this one. Nobody nobody had a moment. I know there were a couple doubles. Uh, Ramirez, Naylor, and Zanino all hit doubles, but they don't turn into anything. 
Yeah, Ahmed Rosario and Quan come, you know, combined for that run, but really, really, once we were down for nothing, it just it was not a pleasant day. For for a day that was, I I give credit to anybody who was down at the ballpark in the at this one because it was just a, it's just absolute the worst weather right now in Cleveland. That just forty degrees and rain is just that's the sweet spot for you. Just absolutely don't want to go outside. Uh, and so I give credit to anyone who was down there, but a rough day uh, in downtown Cleveland for anyone associated with the Cleveland Guardians. So uh, let's jump off this game. I told you we were going to talk a little bit about the team stats, and it's not, it's not going to get any more pleasant, this podcast. Uh, over the last seven days, OPS, right? The, the combination of the hitting and the on-base and everything that the Guardians do, OPS, the Guardians are 28th in baseball with a 585 OPS over the last seven days. Strangely, Yankees are right above them at 7th with 589. The only teams worse than them have been the Reds and the White Sox at 515 have been the worst OPS team in baseball over the last uh, seven days. What about good old-fashioned batting average? Well, your Cleveland Guardians, again, 28th in baseball, batting 206 over those uh, last seven days. The Padres are hitting 183, and the White Sox are hitting 160. Uh, what about stolen bases, right? The thing the Guardians do, you know, taking that extra base, uh, being aggressive on the base paths. Uh, we're still doing okay at that, Fourth in uh, 12th in baseball with four stolen bases. What about drawing walks, at least getting on base that way? Are the Guardians at least drawing walks? No, 23rd in all of baseball with only 16 walks over the last seven days. The Cubs have drawn 30. Oh, man, Uh, it's not good. Clearly, you know if the average is that low, we're not getting hits. Uh, You know we're not hitting home runs. We've had uh, three home runs over the last seven games. 28th in baseball. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a rough stretch. The only other number I wanted to look here was batting average balls in play. Are we are we just unlucky right now? The bat bip number. Uh, the Rangers are leading with a 385 bat bip. So they're putting the ball in play. They're they're getting good luck out there. 385, 40 points higher than the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are second. The Cleveland Guardians come in as far as batting average balls in play, 27th in all of baseball at 250. So we're not making good contact, and even when we are, we're not having any kind of luck. I, I There have been multiple, multiple plays where a runner's been on base and someone's just hit an absolute rope and stranded that runner. In this one, I think it was Ahmed Rosario on first, and Ramirez just smashed one to first base. Um, and they step on first, and Rosario's just left hanging in between first and second, gets in a rundown and gets thrown out. It happened to Ramirez in the first game of this series. Same thing. He takes a good, aggressive secondary lead off of first, and just an absolute rocket is was hit to somebody on the infield, and Ramirez is just a dead duck between first and second. So that affects BAPIP. That, right, that we can see in the BAPIP score being that low because – they're putting the ball in play. That's even some hard contact putting the ball in play. But it's not resulting in anything. It's not resulting in a hit. 
So that's why, you know, you can see that in the BAP. That's why you look at this BAPIP number to see even the balls they're putting in play. They're not having much luck on right now. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's rough stuff for your Cleveland Guardians. Oh, that was the other one. I knew there was one more from this game. Jimenez looked like he had smashed one down the first baseline. He is he's struggling right now. Jimenez can't seem to find it right now. And then he makes good contact, smashes one down the first baseline, and the first baseman makes a diving stop and throws him out. And then Zanino, a batter later, does get one down the third baseline. He gets one past the diving third baseman and gets his double on the day. So it's just interesting. Jimenez has the bad bat-bip luck, and Zanino has the good bat-bip luck and ends up with a double from his back-to-back batters in the game. Thought that was an interesting back-to-back right there. All right, so clearly you can see the hitting numbers, 28th, 27th in all of baseball. It's the bottom of the list. Your your Guardians offense over the last week has been one of the absolute worst offenses in all of baseball. So we seem to be able to win the finale of the last few series that we've been in. So we'll see who's pitching for us in this one, and are we able to come out and figure out how to salvage a game here against the Rockies before an off day and before we head to Boston Also, not a great team. A team we should be beating. We'll see. We'll see if Fenway and the Green Monster or the Pesky Pole can uh, give the Guardians a few extra hits and get this offense going. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. We'll see who the starting pitcher is. I'm excited. If it is Bibby, hit me up. Let me know how you're feeling about it. Let me know how you're feeling about this stretch. Are you sticking with these games or are you kind of just tuning out until this offense figures things out, right? Uh, What's your priority right now with the Cleveland Guardians in your life? You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. We'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.